the Irish Times business podcast in association with Irish Life. Supporting companies and their employees for 75 years. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Business Podcast. This is Wednesday, February 11th. I'm Kieran Hancock and on this week's show we'll be looking at the latest revelations around tax evasion in Europe, this time involving HSBC Bank and accounts in Geneva. I'm joined in studio by Laura Slattery and on the phone by the Irish Times Business Editor John McManus and by European correspondent Suzanne Lynch. John, we might start with you. Um, I'll just ask you the background to all of this. Just explain to us exactly what Swiss Leaks is all about. Well, Swiss Leaks is the uh, leaking of... Um the client files of uh, HSBC's private bank in Switzerland. They covered uh, around 100,000 customers. There is literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of pages of documents, and there's various estimates for how much money was in these accounts. It's um, up, uh, I think, there's upwards of uh, 100, 100 billion. But the uh, key point is that there's, there's notes attached to these files which show uh, already so make a very strong case that HSBC private bank in Geneva facilitated these uh, customers for, uh, in hiding their money from the revenue authorities in their own countries, including Ireland. The, the Irish Revenue Commissioners have managed to recoup uh, $4.5 million from um, the uh, Irish account holders. There's about 100 Irish individuals on the list, is that right? About that. And... Um, uh, the actual estimate for how much Irish money is uh, in the accounts is, is, exa- is exaggerated a bit because a lot of IFSC-based um, banks would have um, uh, had accounts there, quite legitimate accounts, and had vast amounts of money with HSBC in, in, uh, in Switzerland. And how does the Revenue Commissioner's response in Ireland compare with other jurisdictions? Not... Uh, not too badly in that, the, um, like all the other revenue, commission, revenue authorities, they, the French Revenue got hold of this list and shared it with um, their peers across the world. Um, the Irish Revenue were reasonably proactive. They, they went through the list. They found that an awful lot of the people on the list had availed of the tax amnesties in the 90s, but of the ones who hadn't, they, um, they, they reached settlements with uh, about 20 uh, their prosecuting, uh, they prosecuted four and are in the process of bringing a fifth prosecution. That's not too bad. I mean, in, in the UK, the um, British Revenue are getting quite a lot of stick because they haven't brought any prosecutions. They, they, uh, they, they have a different style over there, I guess, and they've settled um, for quite a large amount of money, it, ha- it has to be said. But there's also a, um, an, a political element to it in the UK, which is that the head of um, HSBC at the time ended up being a uh, trade minister in, in, the, in the Tory government. And the American revenue are, um, they seem to be getting a certain amount of criticism because they don't seem to have um, done anything um, uh, visible. But uh, I'm sure they must be doing. There is a threat of prosecution, though, in America, John, isn't there? That's sort of a separate issue. That's uh, HSBC uh, got themselves into a lot of trouble in America a few years ago when it emerged that they had. at best facilitated money laundering above me- by Mexican drug cartels and the um, American uh, the authorities re- reached a deal with them where they paid a whopping fine and there was a stay on um, prosecution for five years uh, uh, as long as they behaved themselves uh, in, the, um, in the intervening um, five years and the question now is whether what's emerged in Switzerland constitutes a, a breach of that agreement and if they 
that can become very, very serious if, if people went down that road because uh, what's at stake there is HSBC, so US banking licence. We'll have to wait and see how that unfolds. Suzanne, how seriously has this been taken at EU level? Yeah, I mean, the first thing to say, of course, that Switzerland is not a member of the European Union. So um, this presents the EU with an entirely different problem than we saw a few months ago with the LuxLeaks scandal. And arguably it takes off some of the heat of uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, the head of the European Commission, who, of course, was was head of uh, of Luxembourg at the time. A lot of the Luxembourg tax ratings were negotiated. Um, now, and saying that, the EU has got certain... Um, binding agreements with Switzerland and other, about five other non-EU countries. Um, and a lot of this whole Swiss, Swiss League story um, centres around the introduction of the European Savings Tax Directive back in today, around 2005. And this was kind of the first move with the EU to take a kind of EU response to the automatic exchange of information about accounts. Um, at the beginning, uh, Austria and Luxembourg didn't sign up to this, but gradually and very recently uh, they have fully uh, participated in this. But since 2005, we've seen a kind of a move to um, to strengthen this directive. So there were, were a lot of loopholes in this. And this is what we're seeing now as a result of what, what's come out in, in, in these revelations, that, um, that customers and countries perhaps were exploiting loopholes, probably legally in some cases, um, that were, were part of the European Savings Tax, tax Directive. But at this point now, in 2015, there's, there's, it's become more and more strengthened, which means that really it's, it's pretty much bulletproof uh, from now on. And I understand there's also been a big response in Belgium to this, and they're taking the lead in prosecutions against HSBC. Yeah, I mean, you're back to this age-old problem with the EU, like how much responsibility do individual member states have and how much responsibility does the EU as a whole, as a whole have? And in a sense, anything to do with criminal law really is it comes under national competency. So it's up to individual countries. It's limited enough what the EU can do on this. So we've seen a, a kind of variety of responses, really. Belgium and France um, are prosecuting. Um, Britain is now under... The Conservative government, as John said, is under serious pressure now to um, to come up with some kind of response to this. I mean, it may well be the common law system in, in Britain and, and, and Ireland. Obviously, every country has, has different legal systems. Uh, but Belgium, yeah, it's it's quite a very it's a very strong uh, banking centre here in Brussels, and um, interestingly, a lot of the diamond dealers, the diamond trade that is centred around Antwerp, which is one of the biggest ports in Europe, and um, they, a lot of diamond uh, dealers have been have been brought into this scandal. Uh, so we've seen quite a strong response from the Belgian authorities on this. At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704-1845. Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014. Laura, I might come to you now. Uh, this followed an investigation by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, of, w- of which the Irish Times was a part of. Tell us a little bit about that uh, organisation and, and their role in this story. 
Yeah, now this is a, an organisation that's been on the go for some time, but it's it's kind of has a very high profile profile at the moment following uh, the LuxLeaks story last uh, November, which also um, came through them. Um, they're an organisation, they're based in Washington, D.C., and they were founded by a guy called uh, Charles Lewis or Chuck Lewis. Um, he is a former uh, broadcast news um a journalist uh, in the US who, who now founded this um, this organization because I think he feels that traditional media organizations are are sort of you know they're, they're up against it when it comes to funding uh, investigative journalism so he's promoting collaboration instead of all the old rivalries come together and work on a story like this which can take many many years um, to be published I mean this goes back to 2006 and 2007 when the bank files and the, there's some 60,000 files here were, uh, were first, yeah, they were copied uh, by the former employee of the bank. So at some point, they, they came into the hands of the French police, and then at some point, they came into the hands of, of Le Monde newspaper uh, in France, and through them, um, the ICIJ became involved, and you're talking about 140 reporters, including a small team from the Irish Times, uh, and across 45 countries, and have been working on this. And how is it funded? Um, well, it's it's funded by a mix of you know philanthropists and, and corporate donors. You can donate um, as an individual via their website. Um, they do list their funders on their website. Uh, some of their recent funders are um, the Open Society Foundation, uh, the Ford Foundation, David and Lucille Packard Foundation, the Pew Charitable Trusts, and you know they mention a few others as well. So these are people who, has, who they, they've got on board for whatever reason to uh, agree that investigative journalism that tackles corruption uh, in particular needs to be needs to be financed. John, do we know what else uh, this consortium is looking at, or is there anything you want to say on air about that, as it were? Uh, no, no, we, we, we can't talk about projects that are underway, but I mean, without over-dramatizing it, there's an interesting point to, to make about it, which is that sort of as, as business and, and business-related scandals have sort of gone global and, and sort of stopped recognizing borders, um, you know, the, the, the media has had to respond, and when that and the twin pressure all media organizations are under because of um, the, the, the digital revolution, for want of a better word, this is, this is a, a response, and it's, it's possibly early to say, but it does seem like a very effective one, just you know, having worked in, on the LuxLeaks investigation and this one, in that, you know, with a global story, it's sort of to have impact, it needs to be told globally, and uh, the only way to do there's no media organization in the world that can do that, but a whole pile of media organizations coming together can, 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 can do the story justice. And John, just in terms of the Irish tax, tax dodgers, uh, is, is it right that no prosecutions have been undertaken here? I mean, there are quite large sums of money involved. Well, there's, there's been four prosecutions here. Sorry, Karen, I might not have said that. And um, therefore, um, so that's, that's reasonably good by, by international standards. But we, we do have a sort of a, a settlement with a statutory revenue, uh, revenue system, but it, it does allow for uh, settlements and payments of penalties and interest. Uh, uh, and if you go down that road and cooperate, you can uh, quite often evade um, charges. Yeah, I suppose what I'm asking is... It, it, should somebody not be sent to jail for this? Oh, yeah. No, I'm no, sorry. The, yes, I mean, but first, the real question is, why is the Irish government not taking action against HSBC, given that they seem to have uh, aided and abetted, I think is the, is the, is the term, this uh, tax evasion by Irish, um, uh, Irish citizens? And I think the UK faced face a similar question, and, and the response in both countries, like uh, Colin Keener, uh, who, who led our coverage of this, spoke to... to um, 
the outgoing revenue, head of the Revenue Commission, Charlie Feely, and she said that uh, they just didn't think they had enough evidence. You know, they had a lot of uh, evidence on, on paper, but they needed it corroborated by witnesses and, and that sort of thing for it to actually uh, to actually bring a case. So that's why they, if you like, why why the government isn't going after HSBC or. Uh, and Laura, you've been looking at uh, the damage this might do to the HSBC brand. What have you discovered? Well, I mean, it's 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 actually hard to isolate the damage that's been done because, um, you know, HSBC obviously it, it does target uh, British consumers. It's it's as a result of the uh, various uh, banking crises. It's sort of you know has ended up with the tag of, of Britain's biggest bank. But and in fact, a large part of its business, the bulk of its business, is is a global business. It targets uh, it's an it's an investment banking business, a commercial banking and private banking um so it's 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 it'll be interesting to see now uh does this have any impact on that i mean it's 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 always been um it's always been that had that kind of global focus all of its advertising campaigns over the years and right back to the origin of the company in the 19th century is this is this global business so whether or not if you're um your you know its customers are other corporates and they're other business owners and executives and whether or not they'll 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 you know, shy away from the bank as a result of this is 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 hard to know. John, what does this tell us about the morals of uh, these global financial institutions? Well, I think I think it's, it's an age-old story, isn't it? About money and uh, principles are very hard things to, to to reconcile, and and banking was ever thus. And and uh, you know the you know HSBC are are, are in terrible trouble, but. Uh, in fairness, a month doesn't go by that some Wall Street bank or even some of the, the main Swiss banks or, or, or other European banks, Deutsche Bank, doesn't get fined for, for doing something wrong. And, and I guess the issue probably and what people, where the debate seems to be going now is that what's, what's needed is, is some form of real accountability for the, the senior executives of these organizations because what, what invariably seems to happen is, uh, as indeed happened with, with HSBC, is that the people who were in charge when all this went on had left. They all uh, got very substantial uh, payoffs and pensions and what have you, and they're keeping those now. And there's a new uh, management in the bank, and they're, they're they're sort of trying to distance themselves from it and from the past. But you know, the people who were in charge at the time aren't being held to account. And finally, Suzanne, we had LuxLeaks late last year. We now have Swiss Leaks. Does this move us? A step closer, do you think, in terms of um, the push for tax harmonisation across the EU? Yeah, I think this is going to have an impact in terms of uh, the European Commission's priority or prioritisation of issues. I mean, tax, both individual tax avoidance and and corporate tax avoidance, um, has been pushed right up onto the agenda here. Um, We're going to see a raft of measures now in the next couple of months uh, brought forward by the EU Economics Commissioner, Pierre Moscovici, um, obliging the automatic exchange of, of information around tax rulings. And I think sometimes in Ireland we, we don't realise how what a huge public issue this is for a lot of countries in Germany and France um, and particularly in Britain where, I mean, arguably this whole movement started with the with the Margaret Hodges Committee in Westminster when, when Google appeared uh, before her at that committee. Um, so one of the most interesting uh, impacts is going to be in, in London. We're obviously a couple of months out from a general election and there, there's huge controversy about this issue. In particular, the appointment of Lord Green, the former HSBC chairman, uh, as Trade Secretary uh, in the Conservative uh, government. 
so even today, um, Ed Miliband has been accusing the, his, his opponents of presiding over a revolving door culture between the Conservative Party and HSBC. So it'll be quite interesting to see what we're going to come out, see what comes out from London uh, on this. Okay, that's it for this week. My thanks to Laura Slattery, John McManus and Suzanne Lynch. My thanks also to researcher Declan Conlon, producer Sinead O'Shea and sound engineer JJ Vernon. Don't forget you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.